This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. The socialists, globalists, Marxists, and communists who are criminals in and around government, business, university, health care, everywhere else. They are a criminal cabal working in unison. Attacking our civilization have no idea of the sleeping giant they have awoken. We are a sleeping giant. USA! 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 One good thing came out of all of this. They showed themselves. The top 1% of the 1%. And now I'm going to take them down. Thank you, audience, for joining us today. This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast, speaking truth against the lies. This is your host, PC, Profoundly Conscious. We have been exploring many different avenues of truth outside of the controlled knowledge base that has been indoctrinated into many of us throughout our lives, starting from birth all the way up until adulthood. You never get outside of it. But we are fortunate to be contacted by a great, uh, uh, I call him a friend without even knowing him, just because he's like-minded and being able to really dedicate time to truth about what's going on with this whole viral delusion that we have going on. And I want to go ahead and introduce Mike, which is uh, with TheViralDelusion.com. Mike, are you here joining us today? I am. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you for reaching out. We are honored beyond uh, words to to have an opportunity to talk with you. You know, just to give you a quick background of, of why we do what we do with Neo420, this is for the general audience and for yourself, but, uh, you know, we've all been in different parts of the world. Myself, you know, I was an athlete uh, back in high school and going into college and and these viruses, you know, and this this quote unquote science that they keep talking about right now, uh, as I put into the notes uh, for the conversation today, you know, we kind of look at this as uh, science that has preference. And it just really depends on who you're talking with. But You know, years ago in sports, we knew about the importance of staying healthy and and how to get there and how to build your immune system up. And now they're just trying to convince us that it's more about getting more and more chemicals injected into us. Uh, We're not medical professionals, but that's why I look so forward to talking with Mike here about, uh, you know, what his research is uncovered and shown. But the thing that I mention about that sports is because I remember vividly hearing about Magic Johnson and Magic, you know, was uh, he was kind of an arch enemy because I was a big Isaiah Thomas fan with the bad boys of Detroit Pistons. And uh, mm-hmm. when Magic came out with that HIV diagnosis that the whole world got shocked by it, a ripple effect happened across the world because sports entertainment and that's what people forget about sports. It's it's sports entertainment. That industry got heavily impacted when Magic got diagnosed. But the thing that is still astonishing to me, because, you know, I was in the Southeast hearing about this and 
and everybody was talking about, you know, HIV was about homosexual activity, lifestyles, and not as much about the drug use side, but unbeknownst to us, so many people have passed away, but Magic Johnson is still living. And as, uh-huh. I, as I looked into this, you know, your documentary hit it right out of the gate in the first part that I've been reviewing, and that's about AZT, that treatment, uh-huh. that treatment, quote unquote, that the same person that we are listening to now tell all these lies, Anthony Fauci, he's the one that came out uh-huh. with AZT then. But uh, I just wanted to kind of give you some loose-ended connection points of how we've been aware a little bit of that. But if if you've heard our podcast audience and, and uh, we explore a lot. And the thing I want to share with you, Mike, just as you get familiar with our archives of truth, you know, in our previous podcasts and our videos, we've intentionally uh-huh. been talking from the beginning with our podcast at, we're talking to the audience as if it's a book that we're reading and we not actually a book, but an, a, an encyclopedia of books. And if you go back uh-huh. and look and listen to our podcast episodes, it's all about adding to the previous one. So then you're gaining uh-huh. more and more knowledge about what is ultimately happening. So this one that we're having this conversation today, and I thank you for allowing me that time, Mike and audience, but, uh, I just wanted to give kind of context to everything and how this plugs directly in to our continuing education, which is a public service that we're offering. So, uh, Mike, please take it over. Thank you for allowing me that time. But, uh, yeah, what what got you into this, Mike? What got you start looking into this? Um, it's, it's a long story. And, and, you know, so much of what you just said is, is stuff that, that I came across um you know, when I was when I was working on this documentary, so I'm just dying to tell you like five things right off the bat, just from just from what you said. Um, and uh, and I don't even know how to uh, I don't even I don't even know how to where, where where to jump in on that. But um, I'll say that um, well, I'll give you a little bit of background, and then you could well, maybe um, one of us will remember to come back to Matt Johnson and AZT and all of that. Um, as well as being an athlete, uh, because I'll tell you one of the, um, as I reach out to people, um, to talk about this story, um, you know, some of, some of the people who have been the most receptive have been athletes because, um, they are aware of how to, um, you know, how to, how to, uh, really, you know, maintain health and, 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 and they're, they're proactively looking to be healthy. They're not just kind of sitting back. And, and taking what, what, you know, just kind of whatever the society tells them to do, right? Like if the, you know, I mean, I think if you look like the uh, government's like, uh, you know, food advice, you know, you can see like, you know, like, like, like ice krispies is on there. It's like a recommended thing to eat. <laughs> totally. Everything's upside down, you know? So, um, uh, and, and one of the, what I, I just, again, just, this is kind of a random thing, but, you know, one of the doctors, um, who's been really extraordinary in, in uncovering, um, the fraud, uh, and, um, is so eloquent in speaking about it. You know, I was just talking to him the other day, his name's Dr. Mark Bailey. And, um, you know, he was, he, he was a triathlete himself. 
And um, he went and got his medical degree. He was a practicing doctor. And he was be- becoming very fed up with um, how he was being asked to practice medicine because so much of, of, of practicing medicine is just prescribing pharmaceuticals, prescribing pharmaceuticals, that he, uh, he took some time off and he started just, you know, three days a week he was training um, as a world-class triathlete. And then two days a week, he'd be going into the clinic or the hospital and um, practicing as a doctor. And he just said, you know, after a while, he's walking around looking at all these uh, patients and saying to himself, you know, I would never put any of this stuff in my body. And um, eventually just led him to uh, just to stop, just to stop practicing as, as, as the general practitioner because he felt so uncomfortable with, this what's called the standard operating procedure and what he was supposed to be uh, prescribing to everybody. And um, he had basically retired as a young doctor when the pandemic began and he just couldn't, he couldn't take it anymore and uh, started doing, um, you know, really, really rigorous research on the scientific papers uh, uh, that were being used to justify the pandemic and, I, I think he's a really great voice uh, in the documentary, Mark Bailey. Um, and uh, so I, I have a lot of respect for athletes. Um, and, uh, you know, like I have a good friend who's a, who's a, uh, a PE teacher at the Cornell. And I'll tell you, this guy knows way more than the uh, quote-unquote scientists at the Cornell. And I have stories to prove it um, that, uh, you know, that – it, you know, because he's he's aware. He's aware of scam. He's following the the, the, the the criticism of what's being put out there, and he and he and he saw from the beginning how compelling that criticism was. So, as I said, I just have a lot of respect. I, I'm not an athlete. I mean, I played some, some soccer and and uh, when I was I loved soccer when I was growing up, but I was I was never good enough at it to really pursue it uh, in that way. Um, but let, let me just kind of throw, throw all that out there to begin with. Yeah, thank um, you for that. You know, if I could peel back a little bit of those, you know, one thing that I have noticed is that, you know, just like just like your, your, the doctor you mentioned, you know, when we set up Neo420.com, it was all about, you know, I came from the conservative South the gentleman, the, the young uh, military veteran that I met when I got to the Pacific Northwest, he and I hit it off really well. And, you know, he had served in Afghanistan and saw the opium fields in Afghanistan that the military was protecting. And, you know, he had an interesting perspective from it. So he and I joined forces, but we were we were really focused on cannabis and hemp and really providing an education platform to the general public because so many people are interested, but they're going to this source and then they're going to this source. So we set up Neo420.com specifically like the old Drudge Report used to be and as a RSS feed to bring in, you know, cannabis and hemp uh, articles onto our Neo420 News but I'm like your your doctor that you mentioned, you know, we we saw I literally came back from the largest cannabis conference in the world, which is in Las Vegas, called the uh, MJ Biz Conference. And I was with a company and we were presenting down there, you know, and I shook the hands of probably three thousand people that weekend. 
And this was in November of 2019. And when I returned from that trip and flew home that Saturday, I got the sickest I've ever been in my life. And I had shake, I had shook hands of many different individuals who had came straight from mainland China or the, the Asia Pacific. So I knew something was happening, but I didn't know what it was. Now, I'm going to pretext all of this that I am a skeptic um, by nature. You know, I have to, I'm like Samuel L. Jackson says on that movie, many of his, he says, I don't believe shit until shit happens, you know. And uh, so I'm very skeptical about a lot of things, but I had that firsthand exposure into it. And then my birthday is in March. So they officially made the recommendation, you know, for the lockdown, like right before my birthday. So uh, all of those are timing. They're going to be stuck in my memory bank for a long time, but we could not set idly by watching all of this propaganda that Obama signed in 2017 and the, you know, National Defense Authorization Act, which allowed propaganda to be spread into America. Um, we couldn't, we couldn't set by and just not speak up about this. So that's what had us starting Neo 420 Talks in the podcast. But we really wanted to look at these things from a from a perspective of I'm not being paid by anybody to say anything. So I'm neutral. We are neutral in that regard. But we also are we're also aware enough of leading up to this alleged pandemic, scamdemic, woo flu, whatever you want to call it. Um whatever you want to call that, leading up to that point the number one search option on Google and DuckDuckGo and every search engine out there had been CBD for over two years. Now, now we already knew that the pharmaceutical companies had lost billions of dollars on their balance sheets because people were getting off of traditional pharmaceuticals and they were moving into plant-based alternatives. And this was happening simultaneously. So whenever this whole scam started, I was screaming at the top of my lungs of what was happening and the motivation behind it. And unfortunately, over this two-year period, we've been proven true on our theory about their motivation and where they're going. Because if you didn't see just in the last two months, Pfizer bought a large cannabinoid research company for almost $6 billion. So they are getting into the cannabinoid industry, but they're trying to blackball everybody and take all the the cash flow off of the, the marketplace in order for them to come in in a big way. And so I just wanted to add these these pieces before we really get into the film, because I, I know our viewers and listeners are going to really want to hear about. And, and, you know, Mike has been very hospitable and and provided a link to uh, where you can watch the first episode of the uh, viral delusion. So we'll be pr- uh, providing that within the description within this podcast. And uh, and I'm sure. Mike, you need, I mean, audience, you need to go out there and support uh, what Mike and his team are doing with this viral delusion. But 
Mike, if if you don't mind, if we can back up again and just what kind of got your attention into this from an individual standpoint? Like what what really got you so hooked on it to where you you started working on this documentary? Oh yeah, let me. So let me. I'll go back and tell you um, tell you that story uh, a little bit. Um, it, I think it really started um, in a lot of ways um, when I was thirty, and um, my wife. Uh, uh, suddenly got uh, pretty sick. Um, she, she, her, her knees started um, getting like swelling up, becoming really big, and um, and then it would go away after like a week or two weeks, and then uh, her other knee would swell up, and then her elbow. It just got really strange, and after uh, a few months, uh, she really couldn't walk properly, and uh, it was really scary. So she went, she went to go see um, uh, three different rheumatologists in New York City, that's where we were living at the time, and, you know, we, we searched out the best, the best rheumatologist we could find, and uh, all three of them um, didn't have an answer. They just couldn't help her. Um, the only thing they said is that they could put her on, like, a, a regular steroid treatment, and um, and then she, uh, you know, she should get a good cane. And they're like, look, you, you just have, you have early arthritis, and, um, you know, really that's, that's the only thing we can do for you is just, relieve the pain a little bit and, um, and, 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 you know, you're going to have to walk with a cane. So, um, you know, my wife, my wife researched what, what like a regular steroid treatment would do and so toxic to the body, uh, long-term that, you know, she might've, um, it really increased her chances of like dying in her early fifties. Um, and, uh, she was terrified. And, um, and then we, we heard about a doctor who, um, actually heard him on the radio uh, and uh, who had been the chief surgeon at a hospital in New York, but it had been so frustrated and fed up with the, um, again, the standard uh, procedure uh, that doctors are follow, that he had quit his job and opened up his own clinic. Uh, and uh, he, he sounded so smart on the radio. So we thought, let's, let's just go see this guy and let's just see what he says. And um, we walked in, and, and uh, he... He asked my wife, he's like, are you a professional athlete? And uh, she said, no. He said, okay, what does your bathroom look like? And uh, she's like, that's, that's a strange question, but I hate my bathroom. She's like, yeah, it's the paint peeling on the wall? She said, yeah, it's peeling. On, yeah, absolutely. He said, okay, yeah, you, you probably just have a mold allergy. You should get out of that apartment and you'll be fine. Mm. And um, and so we, uh, we left the uh, apartment like as soon as we could, like two, three weeks later. And, um, and after that, she's been totally fine. And, um, you know, for, for a year and a half, she couldn't, she couldn't walk without a cane. Um, and, uh, now for well, over 15 years, she's been never bothered her ever again. Wow. Um, so misdiagnosis. So he, yeah. So he really opened our eyes, um, to the fact that, you know, you have to be a savvy consumer of, of the medical industry because, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of doctors just don't have a really wide understanding of what's going on. And, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of very narrowly focused by, um, their training and, 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 and what they're sold. And, um, you know, he, he called the new England journal of medicine. He called it the new Enron journal of medicine. <laughs> he was very wary of anything that's printed in there. Yes. And, um, and uh, this opened our eyes to a lot of things. So, um, so I, I, ever since then, 
I'm always trying to seek out like different perspectives on um, on what's going on. And um, we had a, so when when our son uh, when my wife was pregnant with our son, um, we just decided to just go ahead and do our due diligence on vaccines, even though um, like we both believed in them and thought like you know any kind of good person would would, would get you know. And um, and then when we, we were really, our minds were blown by, by what we discovered. Is if you actually read the the, the um, criticism and the, the, the history, uh, it's nothing like what what we've been told. Um, and uh, and then we were, you know, we started out by reading a, a book by Mary Holland, who's a professor at NYU, who's talking about the secret legal history of vaccines and all the money that's been quietly paid to people and uh, because of injuries and, and uh, how a whole uh, legal, separate legal system was set up to protect the pharmaceutical companies. Um, it's really the only, um, really the only area in all of law where they had their own court system. And um, uh, it, was just, it was just amazing. But what really blew my mind um, was, was not that it was um, – not the dangerous, sort of like, okay, you know, maybe there's dangerous, but maybe you've just got to do it anyway because it's like the right thing or something. But um, what really blew my mind was that the whole story about uh, vaccines having eradicated um, disease was not accurate. It, it's not connected to the actual history at all. And um, it, they had nothing to do with why uh, disease was eradicated in the past. Um so it doesn't matter what you look at. You can look at smallpox or polio or, or tussis or, you know, all, all, the whole list of different diseases. And you can see that, you know, like for smallpox, the, the vaccination rates and the disease rates are just, they're just, they're not related. I mean, like you get vaccination up to, you know, 99% and then you have a giant smallpox, you know, uh, you know epidemic uh, occur. Or, um, or you have the town of uh, Leicester, where where all the moms got together and said, "Enough of this nonsense! This, you, you, you know, there's too many too many of our babies and our kids are, are dying from these shots, uh, and and we don't we, we think it's, we think it's superstition, we think it's garbage." And so they they kicked all the all the cowpoxing, smallpoxing people out, and um, and they they just made sure that their city was a healthy, clean place to be. And um, and all all of us in England just kept saying, "Oh, you got you're all going to die." I mean, you know, look, look what you've done, you, you crazy people. And if you, you look at the historical record, uh, Leicester um, was the only city to not be hit by smallpox epidemic after that. Uh, and um, so you just see it over and over. And over. I mean, just over and over again in the historical record, um, how it's a uh, it, it, it's just a um, it's it's just it's a like it's a canard. It's it's just a sales pitch um, to get people to do it. So I had this background from that. I, I had like about eight years. I had been um, looking into medical history and just and just being really stunned by what was going on. Um, are are you there? Yes. Yeah. There. Yeah. No. Thank you. I'm, okay. I'm just. I, I. I. Please continue. I'm just in. Enjoying, I'm taking some notes to come back to some points, but please continue. Great. Okay. So, um, so then, when when the uh, 
uh, when the pandemic broke out, I just wanted to make sure that I was I was open to, to different perspectives, what was what people thought was going on, and um, I found a couple people um, who 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 seemed really wise, and uh, I wanted to listen to them. Um, uh, one of them was a a, uh, a guy named David Crow, and he was a, a journalist who had been interviewing. Um, doctors and scientists for like 25 years at that point so he had like you can you can google him david crow um and uh, and you'll find like an archive of you know just like hundreds of, of interviews that he's done uh over the decades with scientists who were um who were criticizing um you know all sorts of different things but um you know david crow seemed to be really wise to what was going on and, and 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 he was talking about the idea that um they hadn't they hadn't shown that there was a virus they hadn't actually shown that there was a virus and and he was saying this is this is really classic um uh you know babble that we're getting from the quote-unquote scientific establishment because they've never shown a virus and um and I was like, what? What do you mean? That's like, what are you talking about? You know? So I started looking at it and uh, listening to these uh, doctors and scientists speak. And, um, and I, I, so I knew that like, I knew like with like polio that we had been told a story that uh, it was this contagious virus. But that if you actually looked at the evidence, um, there, there really wasn't any evidence that there was a contagious virus. Um, it didn't act in a, uh, the, the disease didn't break out in a contagious way. And, um, it, it actually, in reality, it followed really closely the, um, the fact that, that we had started using, um, these new industrial, um, chemicals, uh, called organophosphate. And you can follow it from the very beginning, like from the very first town, uh, in, in Massachusetts, um, where, where people, where we saw paralysis, um, you could see that like right in those towns, there were tanning factories that were using these organophosphates and they were dumping them in the rivers and, um, the cows were drinking that water and then, um, kids were drinking the, the cow milk. And, uh, you know, later on, those organophosphates began uh, to be used on a massive scale uh, with DDT. And, um, you know, it, it was later shown that DDT um, causes um, uh, paralysis. It, it, it's very clear. I think it's called the anterior horn uh, of the spine. And, um, and, and, and it became even accepted in, like, veterinary medicine that uh, the use of DDT was paralyzing and killing the cow. But it was, uh, you, you couldn't say that out loud, um, that it was having the same effect on people. And there were doctors um, who, who tried very hard to speak out. Uh, Scobie and Mobs were, were uh, two of them. And uh, they left a, a very clear paper record of, um, of pr providing the scientific uh, uh, proof that um, it was DDT and other organophosphates that, that, that were paralyzing uh, children. Um, and there were some other um, things as well, but, but those were the major ones. And, um, 
but but they also left a record of how they were being silenced. Uh, they, that that couldn't be it couldn't be said because I mean the, this country was sprayed with uh, you know more DDT than 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 Vietnam or Cambodia, um, you know in terms of like dropping tonnage of bombs and and, and that kind of thing. I mean it was really massive, um, and 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 so this was all you know this, this was really dangerous stuff for the big companies um, or uh, government. Um, you know if it had been shown that. Um, that actually, you know, this had been kind of government approved, uh, uh, basically mass child paralysis. So it was really convenient that it was just at that time that they claimed to have discovered um, the the, uh, the polio virus, which was um, really the first right. time um, that that you know a, a vaccine uh, had been used in in decades uh, widespread. In, in the United States or really anywhere in the world. Um, there had been the, the smallpoxing uh, vaccine, but, but it, it, it had been so ineffective, uh, obviously, that um, you know, most parents stayed away from any, anybody who was coming at their children with a needle. But then um, you know, when, when polio happened um, and everybody uh, bought the idea that, that it was this new virus, um, then it became suddenly like this urgent thing. I mean, you've got to go get this, uh, quote unquote vaccine. Um, and, and so, I, you know, that's, that's something like we cover really extensively in episode two of the documentary, because it's just really important that people, I felt it was really important that people, um, get to hear the story for themselves. Um, cause it, you know, it took me a long time, uh, researching to, to find that actually these books are out there and these, you know, this, the scientific record is out there and there's people who know it and who can talk about it. And I was just so honored. Like, I, you know, I'd never made a documentary before. I, I've been in Hollywood for a long time making film, um, but I didn't know if anybody was going to call me back. And um, what I found when I started reaching out to these people is that they were dying to talk. And um, they, they really wanted to tell the story as well. So um, what ended up happening is I just ended up just moving from scientist to scientist and doctor to doctor, and uh, and everybody had this incredible story to tell. Um, so you know, it ended up being like it ended up being like seven hours of, of uh, documentary, and and, and uh, it could, could be way longer. You know, I had to I had to cut out a, a lot of really great doctors and scientists um, just because you know at some point you guys say okay, we got the story now. You know, yeah. Um, but it's uh, there's 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 so much that that's being sold as science. It's actually just sales. Yeah, and if I could, thank you for all of those details. If I could jump into the convo with you, because those all all of that stuff that you talked about, just you know, this is something again that we we really are trying to be focused on here with our podcast is providing these details, like you did so eloquently right there, as far as mapping the timeline of when some some occurrences occurred. And then also looking at historical data to what caused them. Um, because what people, you know, what I have become so, you know, profoundly, uh, I've, I've been astonished with the fact that majority of adults and young adults do not understand what the news is on television. And, you, you know, 
news by nature, the word is N-E-W-S. And where it was created is because you wanted to know what was going on around you. So what is around you is Northeast, West, and South. So when you take those acronyms and you put them into a word, it creates news. That's the word. N is North, E is East, W is West, and S is South. So it's about being told what's going on around you. That was the original intent of this. And I try to remind people that the original intent is one thing, but what we're dealing with in current life is different because the advertisers, the marketers, the companies that were the middle men, quote unquote, between big companies and the public is what the news has become. They become a sales front. It's a marketing gimmick. It's not anything other than entertainment and sales marketing is what's happening with the news right now. And whenever, you know, Mike mentioned about how so many physicians were, you know, interested in talking about this once you engage them and, you know, they have been indoctrinated. They being the doctors of the, you know, university setting. Um, one thing that we have found out for sure that's been, it's been mind blowing to, to find this out, but I've interviewed a number of doctors regarding cannabinoid therapy and hemp derived products and, you know, tetrahydrocannabinol use. And not a single one of them were ever taught what the endocannabinoid system is in medical school. Not a single one of them had even heard of that term. And even though we in the cannabis and hemp community are very familiar with the endocannabinoid system, medical practitioners and professionals were not even aware of what that was. So there's an obvious disconnect between the reality of trying to cure you of an ailment and trying to be sold a bandage to put on it so you keep coming back for more band-aids. And... Absolutely. That Absolutely. It, and I mean, and that's, sorry, not, not to cut you off, but, um, that's all right. I didn't mean to cut you off. Good. No, no, I was just, that, that was, that was the point. Please, please add to it. Well, you know, even if, you know, one of the things that I learned is that even if you go back to Aristotle, um, you know, he talks about there, there being two different kinds of medicine. There's uh, medicine for the slave, which is, um, to just kind of slap them with a drug that'll make the symptoms go away for a little while and get them back to work. And then there was medicine for the free people, which was to have long conversations to understand the history of what was happening to them, to find the cause so that it, the cause could be uh, relieved and yes. they would be better in the long term. Let's, let's, um, that's, a, that was, that's a great point to bring back in that point about Magic Johnson. Because everybody looks at magic and they think, oh, he, he lived because he's so wealthy that he was able to purchase the treatment in order to keep him alive. And the actual fact, the truth is the total opposite. He was smart enough to stop taking AZT and start looking at other therapies where all of the, the quote unquote poorer people were sold the lie about taking AZT to live, and it killed them. Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the most, like, earth-shattering things that I discovered because, 
um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, um, you know, right when, when the AIDS thing broke and, uh, and it was really terrifying, you know, it was like, that was like the disease of my generation, you know, that, that really shaped it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, um, until, you know, all these years later when I started, um, you know, going down a rabbit hole and, and reading all the, the, the criticism of uh, what Fauci uh, was saying uh, and, and, you know, what we were all being sold about AIDS, that I realized that, you know, everything was upside down and, and, and uh, it, it was just incredible. And, um, you know, the, um, just so people understand, uh, made, let's, let's talk about it for a little while because, you know, I ended up doing quite a dive on that and um, speaking with some really incredible scientists and journalists who covered that story up close. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing, um, the thing was, uh, I, I learned <laughs> was that, uh, there's no, um, there's no magic in AZT and there's no AZT in magic. Oh, <laughs> so, um, it was, it was well known in the critical community, um, that that was just the sales thing. And, you know, and it turned out that, um, you know, magic had signed a, um, he had signed a spokesman deal with the pharmaceutical company. Oh so, no. Are you serious? Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, I think, um, <laughs> what happened, um, and I, and I'm just speculating here, uh, but, but you know, well, n not really, but, uh, you know, that he, he was diagnosed HIV positive. Right. And, uh, like a lot of people, he got scared and, um, thought he was going to get AIDS. And, um, and then, you know, the whole story broke and then he, you know, probably just tried to make the best of it and then realized, um, that, you know, taking these AZT drugs was, uh, just about the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, and, uh, what I discovered, uh, you know, after talking to all these, uh, scientists and, and, and journalists was that the, the heart of the scam was actually really simple. Um, they, they sold everybody on the idea that um, that there was this virus called HIV, and that that was the cause of AIDS. Okay, so um, you know you got to separate out the disease from the purported cause, right? So the disease, AIDS, which is really a label on a lot of different diseases, um, but you know you know we're, we're all familiar. Um, certainly, everybody in my generation is familiar with with the, you know, the pictures and the video of videos of people who are suffering, um, you know, uh, Carposi's sarcoma, um, just the general wasting away of the body. Um, and, um, and, and, and so we were told that, 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 that cancer, Carposi's sarcoma, the general wasting away of the body and many other, um, uh, symptoms, were uh, caused by this quote-unquote virus that they quote-unquote found. Um, but the truth is they never found the virus. Um, that, that, that was total garbage uh, science. And, and, and even, even, I mean, what's so incredible is that even Luc Montagnier, who was, you know, claimed to have been the original um, discoverer of the virus, he was always sort of claimed that he, you know, kind of discovered this kind of virus. Um, yeah, even he eventually came out and said, look, it's, it's not really the reason that people are getting uh, sick. Um, but, 
but this, this, we were sold this story right away um, that, that they had discovered this, this virus, and um, and it's 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 simply the science isn't there. Um, and so what I discovered is that there were actually all these scientists who began to speak out and say, um, "What are you talking?" Uh, first of all, there was a, there were a, a whole group of, of, of uh, biophysicists and electron microscopists and, and physicians and biochemists and gynecologists and uh, all these people who came out and said, "There's no, you never, you never, there's no science on there being a virus." And then, um, and then the, the uh, they, they claimed that they could check in your body uh, using various methods of whether or not you had the HIV virus. But they didn't actually have a, a way of checking if you if you had this, you know mythical virus. But they had a, 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 some scientific procedures which they claimed would tell them that you had the virus, but. But, you know, they didn't actually tell you that. So um, the big one that they used, and this, this became, um, you know, a huge part of the, the COVID scam. Um, but the big procedure that they used was called um, PCR, um, which is a chemical process um, that's used to find little snippets of, of RNA uh, in the human body. Um, but the inventor of the PCR process uh, Kerry Mullis, uh, he spoke out really forcefully and powerfully saying, uh, you cannot use my process and claim that you are finding a virus. And you definitely can't use it to claim that people uh, are, are going to be sick or not sick or, or that, you know, what any, it, it has no relationship whatsoever. And he was curious. I mean, he, he spoke out like again and again against Fauci. Uh, and you know he won the Nobel Prize uh, for his for his invention. So um, you know what I, what I discovered was that the people who were speaking out against Fauci, against what the NIH was saying, against this idea that AIDS uh, was caused by um, this mythical HIV virus, was like the, the people speaking out against it were like a who's who of, of the scientific world. And there was like numerous Nobel Prize winners. It was, um, you know, even the leading virologist uh, in, in the country, Peter Duisberg, uh, was saying that that, um, that that AIDS was definitely not caused by HIV and it was provable. And, uh, you know, the leading mathematicians, physicists, biophysicists, chemists, evolutionary biologists, they were all speaking out. But, um, you know, the, the fix was in. And, um, you know, like one of the stories that we tell um, – just, just so that people understand, is, is, is that like Peter Duisberg, who was again was considered the country's uh, leading virologist, um, you know, he, he was, you know, really trying to speak out against this. And um, you know, one time he was, he finally got himself invited to, to speak on like a Good Morning America type show, and um, and they flew him to New York City to speak on the show, and then about an hour before the show was to was, was an hour before he was going to go on the air live, he got a phone call saying, uh, I'm sorry, we, we've had to cancel uh, your, your presence on the show. And uh, so he was just stuck in his hotel room, and he turned on the TV to see, uh, you know, what, what was it that, you know, what big, what big new event came along that, that forced him to cancel his appearance at the last second. And it turned out 
that Fauci himself had been uh, uh, was on the show and said. So they were monitoring. Uh, you know, the, the NIH had had people that were monitoring. You know, when critics might pop up on TV and making sure that these critics would never be seen or known about. And instead, the, the mainstream story would be sold again to uh, to the public. Um, so you know, it, it's just, you really have to be a savvy consumer yeah. to uh, understand what's going on. It's it's it, it, it's kind of my book. It is, man. And you know, one of the things that uh, you know, one of one of the people that I spoke to. When all of this started happening, you know, back in uh, 2000, early 2020, and we started, you know, we, we were just, we were hanging out and just kind of throwing ideas up against the wall. And, you know, one thing that came out about the whole Magic Johnson situation was that right before Magic had that happen, there had been a lot of rumors in baseball, and, and I'm talking about MLB and in the NFL and in the NBA that the, you know, that a lot of the players were, 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 had gambling problems. And we, we found out for sure that Michael Jordan did later on. Right. Well, one of these, one of these guys threw out something and, and I just, you know, this is just for people to think about because, you know, Mike just put out a tremendous amount of information, but I'm always trying to look at, you know, where do the dots collect and where do they connect? And what what we have to realize as the general public is two things. One, the government is never going to tell you the truth. The second one is that almost always they're going to tell you a story that is a cover story for something else that is not directly connected. So right now we're living in this whole Ukrainian hysteria, right? But no one ever cared about 2014 when his, you know, Ukraine went into a civil war in the country and they were, they were having those issues. So the media wants to hype us and get us all to be throwing out the blue and gold of Ukraine right now, as that is the new pandering that we're supposed to do, but it's not directly what the whole story is. <laughs> And my, yeah. my buddy yeah, suggest my buddy suggested that the whole thing was created with Magic Johnson to, to scare everybody about being more conservative in their lifestyles, but more so it was to cover up the store, the big giant story that all of sports entertainment was being manipulated from. Las Vegas and Atlantic City. And, you know, when you look at what has happened, you have to be open-minded to these things. I'm always encouraging everyone to practice critical thinking and not just be absorbent to what propaganda is being pushed. And all you have to do, uh, brothers and sisters out there, is watch whenever one or more media channel is telling you the same thing and you can guarantee it's a psychological operation. So we're in the process of trying to diagnose what has been going on. 
One of the people that's in the uh, Viral Delusion documentary is a PhD named David Rasnick. And uh, I have been doing a lot of research about him because one of the physicians that me and my wife go to are naturopathic doctors. His last name is Rasnick. And um, he's he really opened my wife's eyes to a lot of things. I've always been more of an alternative therapy type of uh, participant just because of how I grew up in, you know, localized farming, bee actuaries around, knowing local honey's benefits to allergies, like really adopting these things and utilizing them, not just using them and knowing about them, but, you know, forgetting about them and going to more uh, traditionals. But um, Rasnick, whenever he wanted, you know, in the in that first film that I've been watching, Rasnick's statement in there is one of the most profound. It literally had my jaw dropping to the ground when he said, you know, that the virus was never isolated. And I was like, I was blown away by that, you know, because we're we're led to believe that you can only get a vaccine once you isolate the virus and you understand what you're combating is the only way you can create the virus or the vaccine. So we know for absolute certain that, you know, through all of that, all of the alternative media and the digital warriors that are out there showing, you know, all of these different diplomats from around the world, either taking an injection or taking what looked like an injection, but it's actually a Hollywood uh, prop and they're not getting an injection. So we've seen a lot of different evolutions of misinformation being pushed out there and it continues. Um, Mike, I, I just, you know, I want to say right now and I, and, and we spoke earlier, but uh, I, I hope that you will join me back many times so we can make a series of this because I don't think the audience, and I'm just speaking from my own self. Uh, I don't think this is something that we can really grasp with one conversation. Um, so I hope that, It took me years to really uh, get my head around it. And it's actually really simple. At the end of the day, it's really simple. And uh, But, you know, it's like you can say it, but because the religious belief has been pushed so hard in our society that viruses cause disease, that it's hard to let it go. Um, but, but, you know, I had to go through so many different diseases and, and look, look at the science and interview so many different people to really be like, oh, my God. That's just that's just not true. <laughs> it's just not true that viruses cause disease. It's not even true that there is a thing. There's a thing called a virus. That that, that is that is a um, it's, it's 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 frankly it's a superstition. And yeah. um, I couldn't believe it when I um, when when I at first couldn't believe it. And then it was like, oh, my God, I think it's true. And then now at this point, I'm like, I can't believe anybody does believe it. I know. But, uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now, honestly. I mean, that's that's where if you want to get the rubber to the road, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I have a lot of frustration in that, you know, people like yourself have been providing this exceptional information from respectable, trusted, vetted sources. But, you know, even as we are independent, uh, you know, news entities out here providing this information, it's like 
the audience wants to verify what we're talking about. And I always, I always tell the the audience, I say, you know, we're not making anything off of what we're telling you. <laughs> like, so you take that for what it is compared to the television news that is paid millions of dollars per day in order to lie to you about something, you know? Um, so it's, you know, yeah. going back, going back to what you said earlier about you and your wife and, and your kids, you know, me and my, uh, when we had our, our daughter, we chose not to have the, the mumps, measles and rubella shots for her. And we had to go through a mm-hmm. battle, you know, with the school system to get that, uh, release approved because they tried to, mm-hmm. they tried to insinuate that, you know, our daughter was going to be a threat to the whole school. Because of that, and then we came to them with historical information and said, when has there been a rubella outbreak? When has there been the last measles outbreak? There hasn't been one. And, you know, when the one that they referenced, when we looked at it, it was a false reference because it never had actually happened. You know, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only that, I mean, not only that, when you do look at, um, and I, I remember speaking with David Crow about this as I was researching it. Um, he's passed away sadly, but, um, but you know, he had the, like, he had like the outbreak, you know, list, you know, on hand and, and you could see that of the few minor outbreaks that had happened, they were among, you know, uh, like 95, you know, 99% vaccinated people. Right. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it was obviously, um, you know, it's obviously a con that, um, that, that, that this thing, you know, uh, protects you. And then, you know, but if you look more uh, historically at the historical record, you can see that all of these, um, all of these diseases um, basically were eradicated before any vaccine for them ever even came out. So you can chart the, you know, the, what's called the incidence of, um, you know, how many measles cases were there, how many rebellion cases were there, da, 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 and you'll see the charts go way down before um, before any vaccine for them uh, ever came out. And um, and it's not just like, you, you know, you can go find the charts. So there have been scientific articles published in scientific journals which make this clear. But um, the point is that, 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 you know, there's a million articles published uh, all the time in, in scientific journals. Um, and, and what happens is that the... Uh, you know, our quote unquote fearless leaders at the top of, you know, the CDC and the NIH and, and, and uh, other government institutions and so on, what they do is they cherry pick the articles yep. that they want to sell the public on. Yep. And they pretend that the articles which prove them wrong just don't exist because they know that most of the public doesn't have the time or, uh, the inclination to go out and find the scientific articles which contradict them. So they, it's very easy for them to go out and, and say almost whatever they want, uh, basically whatever they want, um, and they'll find a scientific article uh, here and there that, you know, somewhat lends support to what they have to say. But when there's, you know, even though it's glaringly proved, proven wrong in, in another article, um, and, and you, so that that's the kind of thing um that it just happens all the time. Um, and, and, you know, that, that, that's why it's sort of, you know, 
these the, the doctors and scientists and authors that, that actually, you know, have put this stuff out there are so like they're so valuable. There's such resources, you know, to all of us as a society. Um, it's just, you know, it's really, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wowed by like how important um, I think they are, you know. Well, if you look at, you know, the thing that I've continued to speak up about is uh, the, as you mentioned, that word cherry picking. That is so common in politics and so common in government. It is, it's actually pathetic because right now they're cherry picking this new alleged, you know, uh, variant of the uh, influenza strand. But if you look at, you're familiar with the the FUBAR that they made with the influenza numbers that came out for 2020 and 21, it was like 14,000 cases or 1,400 cases, you know, when it's been over, you know, like 4 million cases, it's like, it's so directly evident. But when you look at like real killers, you know, I think about alcohol, I think about sugar, I think about stress, I think about drugs, you know, I think about, you know, I'm looking right now, I'm looking at, you know, several different, uh, uh, you know, alleged reports of different top deaths worldwide, you know, and it's like when you look into this, there are other things on this list that absolutely should get more focus than this fake-ass virus, you know? It's like, if we could help people with just, uh, uh, you know, malnutrition, there's a savings of, of, of thousands of people a day, you know? But you like you said, the, the cherry-picking is there because there's an agenda behind it, you know? Um, I haven't... I haven't I have not started into the second episode yet, and, and I'm going to continue through the, the remainder of this week. And audience, again, please support uh, what Mike and his team have been doing with the viral delusion. Again, the link will be in the description of this podcast. Just click on the eye icon there on our website when you're in the uh, uh, media player. And that description will pop up and the link will be in there for you. But please go and watch this. Please support these independent uh, documentary filmmakers. But, uh, you know, it's just it really is, Mike. It's uh, it's going to take more and more people like you that are that are putting time to it. The 80 20 rule never changes in life. And it's just a fact of the matter that 20 percent of us are going to be out here you know, screaming at the top of our lungs about the truth when we're trying to communicate it to the 80%. And right now, you know, is more important than ever because, you know, you have a child, I have a child, and I'm looking, this is a time in our life, for me, I believe, audience, that we have an opportunity to change the path of generations to come. And... It only can happen when we're all talking the same thing. We're not speaking and we're not trying to be, uh, you know, divided on this. And right now, that is absolutely what is taking place in the media, the mockingbird media that controls the United States' media waves. And social media is just an element of it, right? Social media is social engineering. 
So they've been censoring the truth coming out by Twitter. You know, when you think about Twitter taking down an, a sitting president's account because he would not go along with the narrative, like you should know everything that you need to know just in that. But so many people, you know, because of the cell phones and because of all of the different trauma-based mind control, they're just not getting it, you know. So we've got to get out there and get more and more of this information to the right people. So best believe we'll do our best to get this information out to the to the, our network. Mike, uh, I want to have you back again. So audience, stay tuned for that. Mike and I will set up that time. But uh, is there anything just in closing right now that you would like to con- communicate to the audience about the, the documentary that you put together called The Viral Delusion? Um, you know, I think it's worth checking out. Um, I think uh, that, I mean, just in, in terms of what you're talking about now, I mean, one of the things that I discovered is that, um, you know, like there's a really, like, amazing community of people um, who are uh, speaking out and talking about this, and um, and it's, it's like, they're, they're, they're good people. Like, they're compassionate people. They're honest people. They, um, they'll talk to you. You know, um, you talked about David Rasnick, and, and, and he, he talks a lot about this and, uh, in the doc and, and to me, and, and I found total to, to totally be the case as well. It's just that, like, you can, you can talk to people um, who, who are critical, whereas the, the people who are, who are parroting the, the, um, the government line and the institutional line they, they they shut you down, and I found this true with doctors. Like when we went to go see, um, you know, uh, uh, a doctor about our son, uh, you know, the pro vax doctor, she just said, "You you just have to do it uh, because I do it." You know, we're like, "Okay, okay." Wow. And then we went to go see a, a doctor um, who who was critical, and and you know, the man sat down with us for three hours answered all our questions. We peppered him with the toughest questions we could think of. He just sat there, and, and he was busy. I mean, we, we had to wait two months just to get on his schedule. And and uh, But he sat down for, for three hours and just, you know, had a long conversation with us, answered all our questions. And um, and that's what I found is that all these, all these doctors and scientists, they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're good people, and they're, they're, they're open to talking and criticizing and thinking. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, David Rosley talks about that when he first became critical of the, of the HIV theory and he was living in San Francisco as a young scientist, the head of a lab for a big company. And he wanted to get, you know, he wanted to get his head around this thing. He wanted to be, you know, one of the scientists that would cure, uh, that, 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 that would cure AIDS. And, and uh, so he started having conversations with scientists and he said, the minute you started criticizing the government narrative, there were all these people, and they were just shut down. They couldn't talk about it. They would get scared, or they would get angry, and they would just walk away. But, you know, what what he found was that there were some people you could have really good, long conversations with about it, and you could really discover a lot of things. And so, um, I, I, you know, I feel like I got... Um, you know, kind of invited into that world, and um, and now I want to like invite everybody into that world. It's this like world where people just talk, and they like 
try to get out the truth and we're honest with each other and it's like a really inspiring place to be. It's an inspiring community. So um, I feel like my film is maybe like, you know, maybe like an entry card, you know, check it out. And if you're interested, I'm telling you, there's a whole community of people out there to talk to and kind of help me build our world with. And um, that's kind of my long-term vision. And um, at the very least, we're going to have like, we're all going to have great conversations and, um, and, uh, and learn from each other. And, and so, um, you know, I hope to check it out. Hope you enjoyed that interview and please go to the viral delusion.com. Check out the documentary support this independent filmmaker. This is a powerful, powerful information piece that has been put together and some excellent resources to back up the truth that is being presented there against the uh, controlled narrative against the propaganda. This is the truth speaking against the propaganda. So use this as a tool, patriots, Christians, 420 community, brothers and sisters that are out there, use this in your in your uh, toolbox. This The link for it will be in the description of this podcast, which you can access on our website, www.neo420.com. Click up at the menu bar, the uh, talks page. And on the talks page, you're going to scroll down to the podcast uh, icon you should select that and then that'll open up the page for the podcast all of our podcast episodes are there dating back all the way to the beginning check out the i icon on the media player when you're in one of the episodes as it'll give you uh, additional description of the content for that episode and additional links and that's where the link for this will be embedded into uh, the description box. So go there and check this out. Support the independent media. Thank you for the supporters here as we have doubled our production capabilities on the podcast now to six hours a month. So you're going to be hearing more from us. You're going to be hearing a combination of short, medium, and long uh, podcast information presentations. Also, you can go over where we don't have any limitations over on our video channel, which is now linked in our website. Again, if you go to the website, go up to the menu bar up at the talks page. When you open up the main talks page, you're going to go down to the last icon, the blue icon, the great awakening, and you're going to click there and it'll open up our video channel. And there we have uh, one of the, uh, just in the last couple of posts has been the huge documentary that came out, 2000 Mules, which you need to check out because it's going to blow you away as far as what and how the November 2020 coup d'etat took place and what we're still living in. And you know about all the criminals that are out there. So get familiar with the truth as the truth will make you free. John 8.32 in the Bible. This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast, speaking truth against the lies.